Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Hancock, the chairman of the Circle of Excellence group of companies. And today we've got, uh, I can actually say, an old friend of mine, Umesh Bhavani, and from Mumbai in India. And Umesh, welcome today to our call. It's Thank great you. to see you. Lovely Thank to you so see you again. I think the last time we were in India was uh, you and I were on stage, or you, Landy, and I were on stage. I think that might have been 2018. Just you know, maybe eighteen months or so before the uh, yes. before the, the the lockdown, and uh, so I I have to tell you it's on our it's on our comeback to list very very soon, and and when we come back we'd love to do something with you, Umesh. You've had a a really interesting life, and why don't you just give people a snapshot of where you've come from as a starting point and. Uh, what you've done to build your career and, and the different things that you've done. And I know it's in your first book, I think, but uh, a great snapshot would be a great way to kick this off. Yeah, thank you so much, first of all, Mike, for having me here. It's truly an honor to be a part of this wonderful platform. And uh, let me just add that I'm absolutely a big fan of your work and all the coaches that you've been doing I'm a big fan of your spiritual retreats that you've been conducting and I really hope and wish to be a part of them someday and uh, coming to your question yeah hi Natasha I'm getting a message from Natasha here okay hi Natasha and hi everybody thank you so much for joining and uh, first of all is my voice clear can every is am I audible great thank you so much so uh, my journey actually you know started off as a very average uh, um, nobody uh, that was during school but there was always that inner uh, you know desire and inner longing to be somebody i was just a role number in my school and if i was absent they would only know if you know my role number was called out and nobody answered so that was the kind of identity i held in school life but uh, being an obese kid i was very fat and uh, that's what maybe led me to uh, nothing wrong with being fat, of course. Uh, now I understand after all these years. But uh, I realized that I needed to, you know, just bring about a change. And long story short, the journey has been very long, but uh, nevertheless, a long way to go to. So I, I started off my career. I, you know, first thing I decided was to just lose weight. I lost 32 kgs uh, in uh, three months, you know, once I put my mind to it. I was featured in uh, newspapers and people, you know, started talking about me, people noticed me. Uh, I went on to do, a, 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 but, a, you know, this whole journey, I'm just putting it in pieces in uh, how it has, you know, formed the person I am, the various, uh, you know, adversities that, you know, set me back, but again, you know, propelled me towards where I am. So uh, if I were to see, you know, three big uh, adversities that have, you know, really, really shaken me up, uh, the first one would be losing my dad. Uh, the second one would be my divorce. And the third would be losing my job. And these three completely shook me up and made me uh, question everything. Uh, I went from being a conformist to being the exact opposite. I started questioning everything. I wanted to know why am I doing what I am doing. And I realized that so many things we are taking for granted, uh, what the society has imposed upon us. And I think it's a big conspiracy theory where, uh, you know, we are coached or kind of uh, conducted into an area where we stop thinking. 
and start conforming. And I think the biggest uh, uh, breakthrough for me was when I stopped conforming, whether it was to any beliefs, whether it was to any ideas, or whether it was about any rituals that I was following for my daily life. So I started my career as a model, I then went on to a television show, which was uh, you know nominated for the Asian TV Awards. Uh, after that, I got uh, uh, I you know participated in Mr. India. I won the Mr. India, Mr. Popular Award, uh, went on to write two books on all that I had gathered, uh, information that I gathered. Uh, and the first book was written in arrogance uh, with all that I know. And the second book was written with total, uh, you know, humility that I don't know anything. So, uh, you know, we all go through these phases, like I mentioned. And uh, after that, I just, uh, you know, this journey was... Uh, huge because then I got into flying, I became a flight attendant with KLM Northwest, traveled the world, uh, conduct, uh, did my uh, acting, uh, you know, at the same time, on my days off, I would do these episodic shows on television and uh, got featured in a lot of international magazines as well. Went on to become an MC, so I'm handling five different careers now, I know I'm all over the place. But then that's the only best way I can put across all that I have been doing, writing books, uh, hosting shows, uh, conducting training programs. Uh, thanks to Mike and all the coaching I got from him uh, during the X Factor. Uh, we had uh, around 12 years back in Mumbai. And uh, so there's a lot that has been going on. But uh, uh, long story short, it's just I followed my heart. I've never followed what people would want me to do. So I'm the... Uh, you know, black black, uh, black duckling of my family. I'm the one who is always following what, you know, I want to do and not what they want me to do. So now they've kind of come to terms with that. So Dinesh, I think that's... You, you've had such a varied career. And I mean, you know, you've had times that have been really tough for you where you've had to go back to, you know, the nine to five grind, sort of lower paid jobs, et cetera, which in... India, as you know, aren't that well paid at all. And then you've had times of standing on stages and winning awards in Bollywood, basically. So I mean, you've you've been through you've been through all of that. You've had, you know, uh, your books, which have been very successful. You've drawn big crowds as as a speaker, and you know, you've been emceeing backwards and forwards. I notice you're in the the Emirates a lot and things like that, and, and doing stuff in the Middle East. So you're you're really building your brand outside of outside of India and you're breaking out of the the stereotype which I find a lot of people have not just Indians but you know I find it in South Africa I find it in New Zealand South Africa and New Zealand are very much the same they say oh we're at the bottom of the world nobody knows about us nobody cares about us you know they don't take us seriously type of thing that's not the case um, you know, I find uh, Malaysians and Singaporeans are sort of like, well, you know, we're from Asia and nobody really cares about us in the world. Everybody has the same story. But and it's really about psychology. But you have this this concept that psychology and biology are very, very linked. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the fundamentals, uh, I had heard Elon Musk speak once and uh, what he said made so much sense to me. And uh, he said that, you know, uh, instead of just, uh, you know, I mean, if there is a battery and you know that it costs this much and batteries are expensive to manufacture. 
if we just take that for granted it's you know something that we will continue doing but we, if we break it down break down the elements uh, what goes into making of a battery find out what we can do to reduce that cost and then just put all these together and make something that looks like a battery there you have a battery that comes at to you at a marginal cost uh, and you're paying just a small margin then compared to what you know the world has accepted as a norm so that really really you know kind of flickered a, a, a light bulb in my uh, head that you know getting down to basic fundamentals of anything uh, whether it's living whether it's lifestyle whether it's just creating a brand new you which uh, you know it's my signature program that i do just uh, you know creating a brand new you which basically is just going into the fundamentals of life so uh, if we just break those down uh, i call them it's an acronym for uh, beds b e d with a double s so breathing eating drinking drinking as water <laughs> uh sex and sleep so these are the fundamentals of any existing uh, uh, you know life and if we get down to those fundamentals life gets a lot lot more easier most of the time uh, what i have seen especially in india uh, uh, there's a lot of conformism uh, and uh, it is instilled right at the time a child you know uh, starts gaining some kind of knowledge of the world around him so conformism is something that uh, you know it's highly encouraged whether it's in school or whether it's in it's at home parents and e- each time they ask you to conform you are given analogies all right so i'll give you a simple example if uh, my mom wants me to uh, you know eat more she give me the analogy of a car she say that see a car needs to run on fuel so your body needs to run on food but i don't buy that analogy now after i realize that my body is not a car both work on different mechanisms and uh, you know if a body if an uh, if a machinery needs oil that's a different concept altogether if my body does not need oil so basically i went down into you know doing a diet and nutrition course from australia to understand the fundamentals of diet so like i said you know breathing i did a whole uh, uh, course on understanding breathing you know what it is that is exceptionally uh, beneficial to me so i think uh, you know i'd like to just highlight everything that has worked for me in this session so that you know our uh, wonderful people who have taken the time and energy to join the effort to join this have some takeaways from this entire uh, you know conversation that i'm having with you Yeah so so just before we jump on just before we jump on Umesh so I know that you truly believe that every time you've been successful in your life it's come down to your association with your physical being and and what you've done physically as well as aligning that with spiritual and mental and I had this experience back in 2012 actually the same year I think we first met 10 years ago and uh, i had this experience in india with in pune with uh, guru nath i don't know if you've ever been and visited his ashram but uh, he said to me we sat down and he said to me he said mike he said you are more busy than barack obama 
<laughs> which was pretty true at the time, probably. And um, he said, you're running here and you're running there. He said, you don't have time to breathe. So now he said, for the rest of your life, he said, you don't have to worry about breathing anymore because I'm going to breathe for you. And of course, I thought, yeah, right. Okay, sure. Who's going to breathe for me? You know, um, for those of you that have, you can Google Guru Nath, but, uh, you know, basically he looks like Santa Claus. That would be my best description of him. And, um, you know, lovely guy. And uh, essentially, so he put, he did this meditation with me and we joined hands and he said, I want you to give over breathing to me. And at the point where I was able in my physicality to give over breathing to him. I literally felt a time where I, I, I felt that I'd stopped breathing. And then I literally felt his arms intertwine with mine like branches of a tree intertwining that we became one. And then suddenly he was breathing for me. And I realized as he was moving his breath, that's what I was experiencing. And so I came out of that um, procedure um, very, very changed in the fact that I realized that the, the breath work, which is the fundamental of everything, Amesh, as I know you know, and this is where I'd like you to start, is paramount to us maintaining our health, our mindset, our success, um, our prosperity, and everything else we, we, we have in life. The number one fundamental is breath. And maybe you can pick that up and, and play with that from your perspective. Great, great, uh, Mike. And that experience that you went through, I think, must be very profound, you know, having that first-hand experience. Uh, hearing it itself, it sounds, uh, you know, very thrilling. So I'm sure you must have really had a great, great experience there. So for breathing, uh, you know, uh, uh, what I have seen is most people confuse breathing with uh, meditation, spirituality, or linking to God, and uh, nothing wrong with that. But uh, I think people should understand breathing just with the understanding of breathing. Basically, just like I would, you know, eat a banana thinking that, yes, I'm craving a banana, so I'm having a banana. So breathing has to be basically aware. There has to be an awareness for breathing. And uh, we can do it right now in this very second, you know. There you go. You know, I became completely aware of that breath I just took. And being completely aware is what mindfulness is all about. It brings you to the present moment. And the moment we focus all our thoughts, all our uh, entire energies on that one breath, uh, feeling it as it enters into uh, our body, as it, we exhale, all that is happening. And if we just feel it, if we completely become aware of it, that's the first fundamental of breathing. Next is uh, I did a lot of uh, dynamic breath work with different gurus and different uh, life coaches, different trainers from all across. Uh, whenever I would travel, I would you know research the internet as to what kind of breath work workshops are happening. And you know I, if I were to condense it down to a couple of things that have really, really, absolutely you know thrilled me uh, and uh, amazed me with the uh, efficacy right from the first word go i'm going to share with you uh, i'm i'm sure mike you must have heard of this gentleman uh, uh, and maybe some of you have uh, his name is wim hof 
he uh, is uh, from Netherlands and uh, he has uh, come up with a technique called the Wim Hof technique. Now, luckily, it's available free of cost on YouTube. If you go and see it, he's got around 30 million subscribers and over 12 million views on his video. So it's an 11 minute technique. If you just go into your Google, I mean, to your YouTube and you just put into your search bar, uh, Wim Hof breathing technique. Now, uh, Wim Hof is a person who's basically won several, uh, yeah, it's uh, W-I-M-H-O-F-F. So uh, he's a person who's uh, gone and, uh, you know, won several awards. He's been recognized uh, for his ability to be, he's known as the Iceman. So he submerged, submerged himself in, uh, you know, freezing waters and stayed there for hours. And he's, just, he's done superhuman stuff. And uh, a lot of study, there are ongoing studies on him, on how he manages to do that. But it's boiled down to his technique. And uh, this is a technique that you start seeing the benefits of from the first 11 minutes that you start doing it. And whoever I have shared it with, my, the participants in my uh, conferences or in the seminars I uh, conduct, they absolutely have been, it's like the most prized takeaway for them. When, and, you know, it comes at a zero cost. So it becomes a routine that every night you sleep, before you sleep, you just go ahead and, you know, uh, do this breathing technique. So what it does is basically it uh, raises the alkaline level of your blood. Most of our blood, uh, you know, tends to be acidic because of our lifestyle, because of the stress, which has become such a common word. I'm going to be touching on stress also when we talk about the biology aspect of psychology. And uh, so I think, you know, I mean, there's several, several dynamic breathwork methods that uh, can be incorporated. But for me, as of now, as of today, Wim Hof technique is the latest go-to technique that I you know, give 11 minutes of my day to every single day. And what's it done for you personally, you feel? I mean, we have a, we have a client, uh, Robert O'Brien. He's not on the call today, but, um, you know, I think he's he's actually been to some of the workshops with uh, with Wim Hof. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have Paul on the call today and he's from the Netherlands. I know he'll be aware of his work very much. Uh, but uh, bring it down for you personally. What's it done for you? Basically, what it gave me was uh, uh, higher energies, great quality of sleep, uh, a larger control over my uh, appetite cravings. Uh, you know, we uh, of course, I it worked in a very layered way when I tried to question the cravings I was having, you know, whether it was for sweets or for fried food or for anything that wasn't healthy for me. So uh, all that has kind of, you know, helped me gain that kind of mindfulness, mindful awareness of and letting me be in control. In one line, if I would say, you know, I feel in control after having done this. And uh, he also, uh, you know, kind of talks about cold showers, which Anthony Robbins and a lot of other life coaches um, do talk about, you know, uh, the benefit of you, uh, having cold showers. So uh, basically shocking a system to get alert, basically. Release well, I think, yeah. yeah, I think in Ireland on, um, it's either Christmas Day or Boxing Day, I can't remember which, um, it's, it's part of Irish culture to go to the sea 
and to actually swim in the sea. Now, you're swimming in the Irish Sea in the middle of summer would be nasty, but like that's like the dead middle of winter and they love it. And, uh, you know, I've got an Irish business partner in one of our companies and, uh, you know, he lives in Johannesburg, but every morning he's in his swimming pool, uh, you know, 365 days a year. That's uh, And he has a cold shower after that and he he just totes the benefit of it totally. So I think if anybody's game, there's, there's two really good tips there. But I know from, and, and I know you know Umesh, my friend, Glenn Levy, but I know from working with Glenn for many years and, and on, on breath work and stuff like that from, you know, a health perspective and also a fitness perspective, the biggest thing that he says, he says most people don't even breathe. In other words, you know, they, they basically gasp their way through the day. They're sort of like, you know, that sort of thing instead of just taking that deep breath in. And, I, you know, I've taught one of Glenn's techniques for, you know, 15 years from stage, which is just literally teaching people how to take a deep breath and how to, you know, hold it and let it out. And it's amazing what it does. And, and you know, if you ever want to test it, folks, you know, go and get yourself a blood pressure machine, take your blood pressure, then do three long breaths, you know, hold it, take the breath in for five seconds, hold it for five seconds, let it out for five seconds, your blood pressure comes down. It's, it's really amazing. And then we go, why don't we do this, you know, more often during the day to settle ourselves because we get so, so darn busy. Imesh, I just wanted to change track a little bit and, um, and we can come back to, to breathing, but I'm really intrigued. I'm always intrigued by people who have lost weight and who keep weight off. Um, and I think, you know, to be fair, uh, you know, you were somebody who, as you said, as a youngster was very heavy. And, you know, you've had times in adulthood where you started to put that back on. And at the moment, I mean, the first thing I said to you when I saw you on the call before anybody got on was, have you lost weight? So, yes. you know, I don't know, you know, so how much do you weigh at the moment? Right now I'm 70 kgs. And, and how uh, tall are you again? I'm five, uh, five eleven. So, yeah, five eleven. I thought you were just under six foot, and you're seventy kg. So that's that's probably one of the lightest that that I, I think that would be the lightest I've seen you. But mm -hmm. um, but most people really struggle with diet, and I mean, you live in India, and you know, there's there's an old joke that there's not really many heavy Indians um, because there's one point three billion of you, or or one hundred and thirty <laughs> crore, if you like. But um, but I think more importantly than, than kidding around, you've got a plethora of yummy things around you all of the time. I mean, India is a culinary masterpiece and, you know, Indians love their sweets. Uh, you know, I think you have more sweets than any other culture in the world. So, so tell us about your diet procedure and tell us what it does for you when you feel at one with your diet and your health and, and and how that translates into your success at that time. Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for that uh, wonderful question. I'm so glad you asked this. Uh, this truly, you know, defines uh, me as a person, you know, my diet, I believe, because, uh, you know, losing weight, uh, not just to, you know, look good or be a model or be an actor or get recognized, 
but just to you know actually be the self that you are designed to be so uh, for me my diet uh, you know drastically changed um, i come from a family of uh, foodies so i'm the only person in the family who is a foodie but has uh, you know diet restrictions rest my entire family uh, it's a religion we follow food is a religion here so from the time we wake up not me i'm the black duck the black swan over here but the rest of the family the only discussion they have is okay what's make was being made for breakfast while bre- eating breakfast they are discussing what to have for lunch at lunch they are discussing the snacks that would go with the tea and then then during that time they are discussing dinner and this is a routine regular everyday process and you know my non conformism made me question that i said why the hell do i need to you know put all that junk into my body because it's very rich food high in fats and uh, saturated fats and i mean i mean it's not what i want to put into my body so uh, you know first thing i did was i completely cut off sugar so i'm really really happy to say that it's been more than two and a half years now that i have not uh, uh, you know taken any form of sugar uh, uh, ever you know in the last two and a half years i've been completely off sugar absolutely so there is zero sugar the only sugar that i get from uh, get is from natural stuff like fruits you know banana might be the you know biggest uh, uh, sugar uh, uh, you know the, i might be getting the most sugar out of bananas maybe so i have one banana maybe once in a week and uh, but again you know when i discuss my diet so i just want to warn uh, everybody that it does come across as a little too drastic if you are hearing it for the first time but uh, trust me and it's at, at absolutely becomes a zero effort the once once you start progressing in it so another big change that i made after quitting sugar was uh, 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 intermittent fasting so again for, uh, since the lockdown started i got down uh, into a diet profile of just finishing off my food by 4 in the evening i know that's drastic and uh, by 4 i finish off everything that's a little too extreme and uh, in a way i was experimenting with myself whether i could survive uh, instead uh, you know of just the regular 9 o'clock 10 o'clock meals that were being cooked in the house i said let's cut it down and i took a drastic step of going all the way up to 4 pm in the evening so i start my day uh, my food starts at 11 o'clock when i uh, i wake up after that i for one uh, i start with two liters of water and after that uh, once you know i am just uh, relaxed i have my uh, cup of uh, black coffee along with uh, sweet potato sweet potato is another very uh, underestimated uh, and uh, not given its true uh, what it deserves it's a superfood so one sweet potato uh, are they popular in uh, uh, south africa mike Sweet yeah, definitely. Uh, they're they're available all over the world. I mean, they're called different things in New Zealand. They're called kumra, but uh, you know they are a magical food. There's no doubt about that. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, it's there's something so amazing about that. Uh, you know, just a, a sweet potato will uh, satisfy all your cravings for sweets. It satisfies your cravings for carbohydrates. 
it's nourishing you throughout the day so one sweet potato is enough for you to nourish and you know uh, get the required nourishment for a single day which is brilliant you know one sweet but and you're done for the day so sweet potato is a regular part of my diet every morning i'm having a sweet potato roasted uh, or grilled uh, egg whites uh, i don't know how popular eggs are uh, in your side of the world but uh, eggs again you know is a very uh, there mixed reviews on that but i have seen eggs have really helped me a lot so uh, if i were to break down the major constituents of my diet i have a lot of egg whites going in i have a sweet potato i have i also went gluten free so now this is another thing i'd like to touch upon now most people uh, think gluten free diets are a fad they think that uh, being uh, going gluten free is just kind of a you know you're trying to show off that you know about something or you just trying to be difficult but gluten if you research it it uh, comes from a you know uh, it means glue basically you know uh, something that binds together which is a property of certain grains you know and what happens is that 95 at least uh, 92 to 95% of people cannot digest it and uh, most of the gluten intolerance is uh, you know showcased as mild symptoms which people overlook and just attribute to you know indigestion or you know just uh, uh, they would say that oh i didn't sleep well last night that's why i'm you know groggy or uh, lazy but all that has been attributed to gluten so i did a lot of research uh, during my when i was taking my uh, uh, diploma in dietetics and nutrition there's also this doctor julia ross from california who i have uh, i have read three of her books uh, the diet cure the craving cure and uh, um, the third one i i can't recollect and all her books talk about you know understanding this concept and phenomena so first was completely eliminating sugar from my diet second was completely eliminating gluten so millet is what i changed wheat with india our regular diet is more of wheat okay and uh, that's a predominant grain over here so i changed that and uh, i have moved on to millets uh, in india we call it jowar uh, and bajra so jowar is what i have uh, bread cooked out of jowar one uh, you know piece of bread just has 40 calories though i don't count calories normally but i'm just giving it just for an idea for you to understand whereas one a piece of bread of uh, uh, wheat uh, would uh, be around 180 to 200 calories but it's not the calorie that demonizes uh, the wheat it's the content in that grain is going to make you groggy is going to make you sleepy is going to make you lazy you're going to feel loss of energy you're not going to uh, have that kind of you know after a meal we are supposed to feel pepped up you know that raring to go which doesn't come if you are having wheat so i eliminated all other kinds of bread uh, from my diet and went on to just jowar so i have just two pieces of that uh, in a day uh, with uh, egg whites uh, i know it sounds you know a little too drastic and uh, it just sounds that oh how do you survive what do you do you're not living your life you're not uh, so i have people who have the ideology uh, you know we live only once and uh, live it to the fullest uh, you know eat drink be merry 
that's uh, i respect that but you know that's not me i believe uh, it's one life so i'm going to live it to the fullest by incorporating what is the best for me so i've done my blood work and you know because my mom is i'm the only son so she's very very concerned about me each time you know there's a discussion about my diet uh, i am you know put into a corner and you know criminalized and she's telling people make him understand make him understand so i said okay you know what let's get my blood work done okay and uh, we will that is going to be the uh, you know yardstick now for you to understand if i'm healthy or i'm not and uh, my doctor who did my blood work he said umesh and i'm really really happy to say that without any arrogance he said umesh you have uh, your body system is that of a 16 year old uh, all your organs and uh, functioning of all your organs your blood work is super exceptional you've got the body of a 16 year old i'm proud to say that because i turn 50 this year so <laughs> i'm 49 now so uh, that really you know kind of amazed my mom and she thought i had bribed him to say that so <laughs> that's so, that's amazing mesh yeah. alina and i was actually thinking before i was uh, and this is a credit to you um but i was thinking before i wonder how old you are now and <laughs> i actually thought i was thinking how old were you when i met you and i thought Oh, you were probably thirty, so I picked you at say maybe forty-two or something like that. So I mean, you look fantastic for for somebody who's about to turn fifty. And it it's so interesting as I look at what you say here in your your diet. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just I want to throw this around a little bit, and then we'll jump back into what else you're doing, because basically, and I put it in the chat here on the screen, but basically, you've told me Lundy Jack's diet. This is essentially her diet. Okay, now. We're very lucky where we live in South Africa because um, a lot of cafes now are doing egg white omelets for for breakfast. So you know, um, in, including those South Africans on the call, Mug and Bean, which is the biggest probably franchise of cafes in South Africa, and also as Kirsten puts in here, sweet potato can be made into bread as well. Um, yes, for the South Africans, you can buy that in all the health food shops. It's the only bread that that we actually keep at home. And it's funny, Umesh, because you know it takes, it, you know, weight's one of those things that creeps up on you. And it, you know, I had a I had a creep of weight in the last four or five months as I, you know, I had COVID, and then I was just eating after that, and then the dog died, so then I ate because he died, you know, and then I got to a point where I'd put on like three kg, and I went, that's enough. But that all came from um, around about the time we last saw each other. We were in America for three months before that, and you know, I remember Landy was in the, the Whole Foods warehouse buying a few things, and uh, and I got on the scales at the front, and she came out, and I'm just sitting there with my head down, and she goes, "What's wrong with you?" And I said, "I'm the exact same weight as Homer Simpson." <laughs> wow. She said, wow. You can't be. I said, she said, and then she said, how do you know that? I said, I remember on a TV show, I was watching The Simpsons once and said, Homer Simpson's 220 pounds. And I thought, wow, that's heavy. I never want to be that. And of course, in America, all the scales are in pounds. I got on this, that's 100 kg. And, you know, my weight, you know, normally I'll never be 70. I don't think I've been 70 since I was like 14, maybe. um but my normal weight is between 80 and 85 and i'd got up to 100 so basically i got that down to about 83 um over the next 9 months 
through intermittent fasting, through no sugar. Um, I don't drink, so that wasn't a, wasn't an issue. Um, primarily gluten-free and, you know, also doing quite a bit of keto as well. And that's what's been five years now, say. So, um, and it's up three kgs now. And it's, I noticed, you know, the other day it's coming back again. So, so it'll probably be back to my normal weight. So, and it's not hard. I don't feel that I miss out. We're not as strict as you. We have a cheat day every, every Saturday. So a Saturday's cheat day. So um, I think different people can do this in, in different ways. Steve's asked here, um, Amesh, do you have, use any fermentation techniques in your cooking or food preparation? That's a brilliant, brilliant question. And uh, I would have overlooked that, uh, you know, if it wouldn't have been asked. So thanks, uh, Steve, for that question. So, uh, yes, I do use a lot of fermented uh, foods. And by fermented, I mean, uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, yogurt, basically, you know. Uh, so instead of oil, any kind of um, uh, oils that we use, See, there's a whole myth surrounding that you cannot cook without oil. In India, especially, I don't know how the uh, cooking regime is um, in uh, uh, your it's side same. of the world. It's the it's same, same, although we use, same. we use our air fryer now, so air fryers are amazing. Air fryers are amazing, but still they are consuming, they're taking a certain amount of oil, right? For me, I am uh, the extremist, you know, so I uh, am known as the extremist amongst the circle that I am in. And uh, because I always uh, start off with the extreme rather than taper down my intake. I always believe, you know, just give it one go and get it done with. So same way with oil I did, I have been completely oil free. And uh, if you research uh, the vegetable oils that are being consumed for, you know, daily cuisines, they are high, high in, they are refined. They are highly processed and refined, which completely kills yep. off all the flavor. It kills off all the nourishment in it and what we are putting into our body in india if you see above 50 uh, most of the aunts uncles or uh, uh, people in my family above 50 have knee problems they have uh, osteoporosis or they have uh, you know arthritis uh, bone problems and uh, and i attribute that largely to the oil going into our systems every single day so what they would what they say is that no we need the oil because we need to oil our joints <laughs> that's the analogy that uh, just like a machine needs oil our body needs oil so like i said you know these are analogies that have no basis just because the two things have a couple of similar uh, things going for them doesn't make them completely similar and no you're, you're so right and i mean again lundy is basically oil free as well she she um and that was that was actually a covid thing when she got covid and she came out of it she lost her smell and taste and and the one thing that she's not been able to eat that the smell of oil just makes her want to smells like diesel to her so she just doesn't she can't eat anything that's got oil in it and that's been really really good to her physically Whereas I still eat a little bit, but nowhere near as much. And when we air fry, we don't use any oil whatsoever, which which you can also do. They say you've got to use it, but we don't. It works out fine. I've got a great question here um, from Elry. Then I've got another question for you myself. Elry's, uh, Elry's asking, how about bread baked from almond flour, eggs, and plain sugar-free yogurt? Eggs can be only white, so it's totally gluten-free. So that's uh, I, I'm not uh, Elroy. Elroy, am I saying the name right? Yes. Yeah. 
yeah great great uh, okay yes so you know this uh, question that you asked uh, you know was the same dilemma i faced because uh, luckily i have a partner my wife who uh, believes in my mindset and that's a huge relief for me because finding the right partner becomes such a like you and uh, landy uh, mike i mean you have such a great connect it it just you know the chemistry uh, is very evident so i've been lucky to find a life partner who has the same mindset as mine and supports my lifestyle so earlier before i was married i was always you know just i, I remember i went on this i was in the newspapers for that if you just google umesh vivani weight loss it talks about the drastic diet i took of just eating um, in india we call them uh, uh, it was a legume basically a green lentil called a uh, moong Yeah, so I don't know what you call it over there, but it's called yeah, mung over here. Probably the same, mung. Yeah, mung. Yes, exactly. So the green lentil, the whole one. So I would just boil that in water, and uh, that was a major. I came up with a diet called Mace diet, M A C E. Uh, these were the only four things I was consuming for three months, which was just apples, A for apples, uh, M for uh, mung, uh, C for black coffee, and E for egg whites. nothing other than this entered into my system it was too drastic uh, i you know kind of malnourished myself also but uh, i was in the times of india for that a whole page article even if you google today omesh pervani weight loss you will see my before and after pictures so i don't recommend that diet because at that time i was constrained because i was busy with my acting my flying and at home my mom would cook for me and she said it's impossible to cook without water so coming to your question elri when you you know put together these ingredients to bake bread i think that's simply marvelous brilliant so my wife came up with different ingredients to uh, you know put together different kind of delicacies for me so she makes uh, gluten free cakes for me with zero sugar she just puts in a scoop of whey protein she uses some millet flour she uses some uh, grinded oats uh, some yogurt and uh, a banana and it turns out so delicious you know i'm practically thinking of starting a business and you know because each person who has visited my home and tasted that has fallen in love with that recipe so a uh, long story short yes this is a great recipe again i'm going to ask my wife to try it let me just go through it again so you are using almond flour uh, you have uh, egg whites uh, sugar free yogurt of course and uh, gluten free yes 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 this would be brilliant uh, to bake your bread excellent almond flour is almonds are very good for you uh, and the in fact they assist you in uh, weight loss also at the same time so comes up to that recipe excellent right umesh um tell me now how is this mindset of diet affected your career and the way people are seeing you in the industry because you know I don't know that people here could really appreciate unless they've actually been involved in in Bollywood in the entertainment industry in India. Um you know Will Smith slapping Chris Rock the world's <laughs> got a bet got a bet each way. But uh you know if your last movie didn't make you like a billion dollars in India nobody wants to talk to you for the next 2 years. Um just ask Sanjay Dutt, right? So um so I think you know you've been you've been in a situation where 
you know, you've got all these people looking at you for this reason of your mindsets and your diets and the way you approach life and things like that. How's this, how's this affected you and what have you learned from it? And how's it affected your career, positively or negatively? That's a good question, uh, Mike. Uh, I don't know whether it's affected it positively or negatively, my career uh, per se, but uh, what it's affected is basically my mindset. It's allowed me to believe that, you know, age is just a number. And I've seen the mindset of my... Uh, I, when I go down for my school reunions, and it's so shocking and, uh, you know, saddening to see that my dear friends have just let go of themselves. I see their pictures on WhatsApp groups and, you know, they're boasting of uh, huge beer glasses and, uh, you know, uh, stuff that they eat along with that. And uh, they feel that and their mindsets have been that, oh, we are now 50, you know, lives. We have lived our lives. Now we can we just need to just relax and do everything. But that I mean, I don't think that's what creates true happiness. True happiness comes from, you know, living to your fullest. So as for my career, I think it's uh, affected me in a way where I get a lot of compliments. I get a lot of people. It's helped my life coaching career because I get a lot of clients who, you know, are willing to pay the big bucks to just uh, do a one-on-one -on -one consultation with them for diets. Uh, and, uh, you know, though I give it give a disclaimer there that, you know, I am just a diploma in dietics and nutrition. I am not uh, qualified to, you know, give you a diet. But in spite of that, you know, they want me to write down a diet for them and so I just give them these guidelines and as per my Bollywood career goes uh, uh, I have consciously stayed away from movies as of now uh, largely because I am following so many uh, you know career paths uh, as an MC I have done more than uh, 1450 shows globally in 37 countries hosting shows so you know I just follow my heart rather than you know get a distinction in but, one career. I love that. I love that, Imesh, because, I mean, uh, I think, you know, if you follow your heart, you'll never be disappointed. Your heart never disappoints you. You may not have a success in something, but then there's a learning there or somebody you meet or something. But when we tend to follow our heads, which we were taught in school, I mean, it, you know, honestly, it doesn't work out that well for many people. But um, uh, what's the best place for people to contact you if they want to have a chat with you as well about their own situation? Yes, yeah, so a great way would be uh, to email me. Uh, it's very simple, info at umeshfirwani.com. Uh, that's my email ID. Uh, yep. Also, Instagram is a great place uh, where I'm very active on. I've just started my YouTube channel and I'm very, very excited about that. So I do talk about it in all my interviews. Uh, I've just got 144 subscribers yet. But I'm very happy that on Instagram, I have 93,000 followers. So I'm surely really? hoping that... Wow, that's very good. <laughs> so I'm hoping that will translate that. into YouTube, yeah. We need to get you back on this. Uh, we need to get you back on this show to, to basically ask you how to build a following on Instagram. Um, okay, Steve's you. asked here, how do you manage your diet and food intake whilst traveling? Great, great question. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? That was a huge excuse for me for a long time. Because of my career, I also have been a stand-up comedian since you mentioned Chris Rock over here. So at one time, I was among the first uh, two or three people who were doing stand-up comedy in India. This was in 2007. 
so uh, of course because of the uh, you know nature of comedy in india as of now where it's become non everybody's become non tolerant to whatever views you express i was left with very few topics to talk and uh, amongst them i would just talk about my wife <laughs> so that <laughs> i did even that i did a show in coimbatore and uh, i offended some women over there just because i was talking about my wife so anyways um, you know coming back to your question uh, while traveling you know it was a huge excuse for me that i am surprisingly one of those people or was one of those people who likes airplane food so you know every time i traveled if i'm going to spain or if i'm going to amsterdam or if i'm traveling to you know on these long haul flights i would look forward to the meals uh but that became an excuse that oh anyways i'm traveling you know so i i can't eat my healthy food here but then i threw that excuse out of the window and i said irrespective what if i have no option what if i'm not allowed to eat this food what am i going to do next and from that question emerged the answer to you know basically find the best alternative so even if i'm in amsterdam which is you know known for its amazing fries uh the streets of amsterdam smell of awesome fries with mayonnaise and sambal sauce oh my gosh uh, or you know i even like uh, something which is in amsterdam called mayo's uh, it's a veg falafel but it's deep fried so i you know completely cut that off as if no ways i'm going to stick to you know meals that i can cook in my hotel room and even if they are yep. limited yeah and actually i think it's you know as somebody who's traveled for the last 20 plus years it's i think it's a bit of a misnomer that you break your diet it's it's really a mindset thing as you say because you know even in america and i've i've lived in america twice and you know there's some wonderful healthy alternatives in in america and you know there's some great salad places and things like that you don't have to go overboard and and you know I think uh recently Landy and I learned that you know we buy a salad and we share it and uh and they look at you funny but bad luck for them because that uh that solves a problem. Uh I'm back to Elry for a minute. We've just got a few minutes left on the call. Yes. Elry's got a recipe here for gluten-free bread, folks. 250 mils of mixed seeds, 250 mils of almond flour, 30 mils of uh psyllium husk, 10 mils of gluten-free baking powder, 5 mils of salt. 250 grams of buttermilk and Greek yogurt, six egg whites. Preheat the oven to 180 degrees. Grease a loaf tin. Mix the dry ingredients together. Mix wet ingredients together and combine with dry ingredients. Pour mixture into prepared loaf tins. Sprinkle the top with poppy and sesame seeds and bake for 50 minutes. I read that out for those of you that are going to be listening to this on the audio later so that you can go back and and look at that. But why not give that a good try? So there's a gluten-free uh bread recipe. Umeshin, in terms of bringing this to a close, what would you what would you like your final sort of messages to be for people? Uh yeah, you know, I mean, I feel I'm not uh, entitled to give a message yet, you know, in terms of uh being authorized to do that but what has i can share what has really helped me in my uh, you know life and that has been basically just becoming very aware of everything right from my breathing to every little thing that i put into my body a lot of times we are governed by our desires our feelings you know so if i'm uh, feeling hungry i question that too you know i first satisfy my thirst each time i feel hungry i go and have a liter of water 
And then I asked myself, am I really hungry? Or it was just thirst. Most of the time, there's a research that, you know, it's your thirst that is being, you know, misunderstood by your brain as hunger. So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, just becoming completely self-aware of every little thing because you deserve it. You know, I my entire signature program is about creating a brand new you. But uh, I've not held back anything that I would not share here or I would, you know, only share in my signature program. These are the things that I share in my signature program with all the participants. So basically just becoming completely self-aware. Uh, we do an exercise where we sit and just watch the clock for one whole minute, which, you know, completely allows you to understand, uh, you know, patience and understand that there is a lot you need to be aware of. Most of the time we just get caught up our subconscious minds. And just one more thing I'd like people to, you know, uh, to get one more takeaway from this session, Mike, if I have your permission. Uh, sure. Is uh, most people, I, uh, the most common question I get is that I have a sweet tooth. I can cannot quit sugar. You know, they feel that it's something they are born with and they cannot. So now I did a lot of research in that when we crave sweets. So uh, what I found out, and thanks to Dr. Julia Ross from California, I just mentioned her. She mentions that uh, our craving for sugar is largely due to uh, an imbalance of amino acids in our system. And by replacing or, uh, you know, supplementing with some amino acid, and she says glutamine, I'm not uh, prescribing this, but uh, I personally take glutamine. It's a very healthy uh, health supplement you can get in any of the health stores. I am uh, just sharing what I do. Uh, and that largely, largely, I think uh, out of 100%, I can owe 100% to that for me, helping me overcome my sugar cravings. So glutamine is the, uh, you know, uh, secret to that. If you just have a table, it's a very sweet, uh, it's a very pleasant tasting amino acid that you can get at any health food store. And the moment you start ingesting that, you can have it with water or with your protein. Uh, it just completely uh, helps you overcome your cravings for sugar. You don't, I mean, you become more aware of the cravings and you are in a better position to say no to sugar. So yeah, it very, has good, very absolutely good point. worked. It absolutely works. Point. Yes. That's, that's really great. I think we've got so much uh, advice on this. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Paul, you're going on your pilgrimage, walking the Camino and uh, next week so that's fantastic and uh, we'll see you again in may be safe on on that and uh, and if there's any final question for Ramesh uh, just uh, maybe I'll just ask you guys to sort of uh, raise your hand and uh, I'll just check and make sure otherwise I think we're good we've covered so much ground no, I don't see any hands up Ramesh I want to thank you very very much it was a really fantastic session I think there's just so much value in in there for, for people, uh, you know, if you did get on the call late because of daylight savings, you know, it could be your fault, Philippe, could be my fault. I'm missing Melbourne on the timing on the on the mailer out. But, um, you know, we've got uh, people from all around the world on this call, and so it's it's wonderful. Uh, go and look at the recording. We'll post the recording as soon as it's live, and you can go back to, to that and look at uh, Umesh as well. Umesh. Thanks, my brother, and uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, in India unless you come to South Africa for some reason. I look forward to that. That's on my bucket list. I have to do that. And thank you, everyone, for joining. And Mike, thanks to you. You, you are a rock star in the true sense. 
So, you know, I am absolutely in awe of you and Landy and all that you've been doing, all your work. I've been following your posts on Instagram, on uh, uh, Facebook, and, you know, I've been keeping in touch with all your latest updates. So please keep it up and keep inspiring us. You're very, very kind. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you all again next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.